Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spacek. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Twitch of the Death Nerve, Horror Business, Tomb of Ideas, and the Shameless Picture Show, which Nick was recently on. I was. It was fun. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately the show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. You can also check out our great sponsor, sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. EssexCoffeeRoasters.com offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious homebrewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers, and they believe that you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. Now it is time for the setup and our getting to know you question. Since we are both um, lifelong Kansans, I know that we've both spent some time in some rural areas. So with, you know, relating to the film that we watched for this one, what is the most unusual thing you've ever witnessed on a farm or rural property? This is like one of those things that occasionally pops up in my head and it feels like a dream or a movie I watched. Years ago, like I had this friend and we went out into like uh, who lived like the next block over, like as you do when you're a kid and you have friends who just like because they're the same age as you and they live within walking distance of your house. Mm -hmm. Um, So his dad was like, hey, do you want to come with uh, like his, the, the dad, my friend and my friend's brother? like out to this like old guy's house that they knew, like that was way up in like Northwest Missouri. Like we're going to go out there and we're going to wander around. And we're going to shoot guns out on his property and everything. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. My dad, like, let me take like one of the 22s we had and we go. And what's so crazy is because it's like this house that's kind of, you know, in a river Valley. And then they're all it, because it's in like November. Like, so everything's been, harvested and so you just look out over these fields and they're just empty like they're just covered you know there's nothing in them and it's gray and it's overcast and it's cold out and then way in the middle of the field is this ancient barn like it just looks like it like in my head it looks like a movie set and we walk what to me in my mind feels like forever to get to this barn and we're just wandering around inside of it, which, as I recall now, is probably the most dangerous, dumb thing I've ever done. But I think I was 11. <laughs> and then we're like literally like we're literally climbing a ladder <laughs> into a barn in the middle of a field that has been abandoned with rifles strapped to our backs. And then like wandering around in, you know, the upper part of this barn that is very likely dangerous and probably prone to collapse. And then just like setting up stuff at the one end of the barn and shooting guns and then hiking all the way back. Like no adults, like my friend and I are 11 and we both have guns and his brother's with us and his brother's like eight. 
and and you know his dad was just like yeah yeah no it's fine and in my like it just it seems like a movie like where it's, it's everything how a horror movie starts it's how a horror movie starts it's like right before everything goes terrible yeah and i it's it, it, it's still like the strangest memory I have because every once in a while I'll remember it and I'm just like it doesn't feel real it didn't feel real at the time mm-hmm. like it's just like one of those weird things where as you're experiencing you're just like I can't believe we're doing this but yeah. oh, but you know you're a kid so you just like let it go mm-hmm. what about you well Mine isn't really all that weird for the country but for me a kid who was usually in the city it was weird so my grandma lived in the country, not on a farm, but farm adjacent. Like she lived across the street from a wheat field that had one of those um, oil horse thingies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called, but it looks like a big metal horse. It terrified oh. me. I don't. It, I thought it was the scariest thing in the world. I have some weird fear of rural machinery, <laughs> but not so, none. That's ahead. not wrong. Yeah, it, they're scary and they make a lot of noise. Um, and they're much bigger than you realize when you get close to them, <laughs> but. But that's not my unusual thing. So as she got older, I would help her out with stuff. And I was on the riding mower one day mowing around her yard. And I come around this hedge. And in her front yard is this gigantic black cow just standing there. And my first thought was, that's the biggest dog I've ever seen. Of course, I know what a cow is, but my mind was not prepared for a cow in that moment. So I stopped the mower and I get off and I'm like, hi, cow. Like. And and then she runs away. But no one else saw it. So when I went, to, and my grandma wasn't home, and I went to tell my older cousins, and they're like, yeah, sure, right. And then my grandma got home, and I was, there was a cow in your front yard. And she was like, was she here again? That cow will not stay out of my yard. So at least I was vindicated that there was a giant cow in the yard, and I was not hallucinating a giant cow. I like the fact that it's enough to where it's a known quantity as a problem. Yes, clearly a cow who is forever escaping her enclosure and being a nuisance to my grandma. I'm just like trying to figure out how you shoe a cow out of your front yard. Well, the cow was like, as soon as I got off the mower, the cow was like, oh, peace out. No, thank you. And took off. So I didn't have to do any shoeing. I don't know what I thought I was going to do. I I think I thought I was going to go pet it. And and. Much like those oil thingies, cows are much larger when you get up close to them than you realize as you're driving past them on the highway. The thing I think a lot of people forget is that sometimes cows can be mean. Yeah, they're unpredictable, not quite wild animals. They're domesticated, but they're, yeah. like they I mean, can't yeah, be mad about it. Yeah, they're ruminants and they're not like... They don't have sharp teeth or anything, but they're very large and they can get very irritated and they have very big mouths. Yes. And they're bigger than you. And if they run you down, it's not going to feel good. No, no, it will not. Fortunately, that didn't happen. I didn't have to have a riding mower standoff with that particular cow. Oh, that's the best mental image I've had in a while. (laughs) Just some Ennio Morricone playing in the background. Uh, let us know uh, if you've got any weird rural or farm stories. I mean, we I know many of our listeners are from here in the Midwest. I'm sure you've got something that's bizarre and we'd love to hear it. Yeah, weird stuff happens on farms. Tell us all about it. Please.
Now it is time for New Nightmares, our roundup of trailers. So many trailers. Things new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. Uh, Julie, you have like a great announcement that happened right after we recorded our last episode. It sure did. Also, I like that I thought we weren't going to have any news to talk about, and then the timeline filled right up. So the first thing, it did happen right after we were re- we recorded. They announced a sequel to It Follows called They Follow. Uh, still directed by David Robert Mitchell, who directed the first one, starring Michael Monroe, who was in the first one. I didn't even know that a sequel was being thought of. So when this announcement came out, uh, that was very exciting. Um, really, all we know about it is in the first movie, Monroe's Jay Height is a young woman followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. In 2024, the threat is now everywhere. And we have a poster. It's just the font. That's all. It's all we have. It says it's everywhere. I um, am so excited. Me too. Every time I watch it follows, I find it scarier than the previous times. I don't know how it continues to get scarier to me, but it does. And I cannot wait. And I love the fact, and several people have pointed this out, but it comes out next year, which is on the 10th anniversary, like 10 years after the original, which I think is a very I I don't know if they did this on purpose or if it's just like mm-hmm. kismet and like really good timing, but I think like letting 10 years elapse like lets you tell a much more interesting story rather than it just like picking up right after. Yeah, and it also it'll put that character I believe in her 30s, so I think in the original she was in her early 20s. And so it's like that the bad decisions that you make in your early 20s, as we've discussed repeatedly (laughs) on here, now following you into your 30s, we've all experienced that. Everyone's had a bad decision show back up. and You're like, ooh, what was I thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd heard like various storylines and uh, concepts brought up about like what a potential sequel would be. And I think there's always been discussion that there would be a sequel or some sort of follow up, just given how successful it is and like how open it gives you in terms of a universe to play in. But yeah, because there are a lot of like things that they don't fully explain in the movie. And that I think is what yeah. makes it scarier every time you watch it, because there's always things that you notice or that you come back to. Mm hmm. Yeah, it it never really fully builds out the rules because no one knows them. So it can really do whatever it wants because it didn't explain any rules, so it can't break any rules. There's really just the one rule. It never stops following you, and and you can try to pass it on. But if that person you pass it to dies, it comes back to you. Neat. Great. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm so excited. I will be seeing that. Opening night. Yes, very excited. I hope that it has an equally amazing soundtrack. Oh, God, I hope they get Disaster Piece back. Yes, I hope so too. How could they not? It has to. Uh, things that I probably will not be seeing on opening night because it's a stage play that's happening in London. Um, uh, The world premiere uh, takes place December 14th at the Phoenix Theater in London's West End. Um, Previews will be starting right around the time this episode drops. And it is called the Stranger Things, The First Shadow. It is a stage play set in 1959 in Hawkins, Indiana, before the world turned upside down. Um, it's got an original story from the Duffer Brothers, uh, along with uh, Jack Thorne and Kate Treffrey. Um, 
It's at the Phoenix Theater in London, and here's the plot synopsis. Hawkins, 1959, a regular town with regular worries. Young Jim Hopper's car won't start. Bob Newby's sister won't take his radio show seriously. And Joyce Maldonado just wants to graduate and get the hell out of town. When new student Henry Creole arrives, his family finds that a fresh start isn't so easy, and the shadows of the past have a very long reach. It's the What an interesting thing to do a stage play about. I kind of like it. Yeah, I hope we get to see some version of it somehow. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that just given what a massive moneymaker this has been for Netflix, like at some point we'll they, they have done some like stage productions like um like the Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, Oh Hello, or um the Steve Martin, Martin Short like thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different, but I mean, we did get Hamilton on Disney Plus a couple of years ago, so. It's true. Yeah. I, I am very interested. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched Stranger Things in years, but uh, it's a neat idea. Yeah. All right. This came out, I think, this week. Very exciting. And they're calling this a teaser trailer. It looks like a full trailer to me. There are several things on this list today that are called a teaser trailer that are two minutes long. That's a full trailer. That's, That's a full trailer. Te- How long is your real trailer going to be? Anyway, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, the newest um, entry into the Ghostbusters universe, the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. And this is, we're back in New York. Everything is frozen. Um, It's it's an interesting choice. Um, What's interesting about it is it's actually set in July, not winter. All of a sudden winter comes out of nowhere. So that's kind of cool. And the the cast in it, it does have Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, but also Patton Oswald, Kumail Nanjani, and the children that were in the previous one as well as Paul <laughs> Rudd. Uh, it looks pretty cool. The current release date is set for March 29th, 2024, which is pushed back from December of this year for some reason. Maybe strikes. Uh, who knows? Um I don't know. It looks weird. It does. Like, I'm not quite sure what to expect. I do like the fact that it's back in New York. Uh, I do like the fact that once again, Paul Rudd is our uh, audience surrogate coming on the edge. Plus Patton Oswalt. Like, yeah. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, that's Patton. And then I saw him and I was like, yay, it is Patton. He's actually in the movie. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I'm excited about it i'm sure it'll be fun uh seen a couple of people comment online like the 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 sort of the nice part about this is that it can just be a movie like it doesn't yeah. have to tell you a backstory um which has you know like it doesn't it can lean into nostalgia but it can also just like tell you what the hell's going on mm-hmm. uh, like and i'm i'm excited it looks it looks fun it looks very exciting uh and i don't know what it is and i was talking about this at work the other day for some reason, Bananarama's Cruel Summer has become a go-to song for like certain <laughs> kinds of horror movies over the last couple of years. Um, and I don't hate it because like every time I hear that like Marimba open, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> like, it, it's it's it is the song that I don't get tired of. So because and it beats summer them. and it's cruel. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> um, we got, I think the final trailer for Godzilla minus one, uh, unless we're going to get like something last minute before it hits theaters on December 1st. But every time I see a trailer for this, I really just cannot wait to see this movie. Um, I think we've yeah. talked about it before in post-war Japan, a new terror rises Godzilla 
Will the devastated people be able to survive, let alone fight back? <gasps> it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla. It's coming to the I I am so th- there's a god tiny Godzilla somewhere back on the shelves behind me. <laughs> As oh, opposed yeah. to the giant Godzilla. It's just more this trailer is just like you get to see more destruction and yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't show me too much of a Godzilla movie and then be like, oh, it's been ruined. No. There's always gonna be more destruction. And also get to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Um yeah, not a lot to say. Just um Every time I see a new trailer, I get more and more excited. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's leave the world of blockbusters and go into independent horror with a trailer for Raging Grace. Um, I got to see this one at South by Southwest last year, so I've been kind of waiting for this to come out for a while. The film follows Joy, an undocumented Filipino immigrant who is struggling to do the best she can for her daughter when she secures the perfect job taking care of an extremely wealthy but terminal old man. The new position pays well and guarantees a roof over their heads, but very soon, Joy and her daughter Grace start to realize everything is not as it seems. Something is festering beneath the surface, threatening all they have worked for. And this one is coming to theaters December 1st, and then it'll be on demand seven days later on December 8th, so you'll be able to catch it pretty easily, because I I doubt it'll come to a lot of theaters. It's pretty independent. Um I, the trailer's cool. It doesn't give away too much because there are some twists that happen in it that you wouldn't want to have given away. So I was worried about that. Uh, but it's a, it's an interesting story. It falls into line with the stories that we've seen and talked about with the dangers of being an immigrant, um, how that plays into trapping you in a situation where things get dangerous, which is always a cool premise, I think. Um. Yeah, like it just like it it looks very gothic, which I am super down for all the time. And yeah. just like fucking creepy as shit. God. Um also like very interesting like casting. Yeah. Yeah. It's the house that they do it in is really cool. It it kind of sets up a haunted house situation, even though it's not exactly what's going on. And I I could be wrong, but I think I reviewed this one over on Downright Creepy. So if you're curious to go over there and search, hopefully I'm not wrong, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. It's been it's been a few months. I can't remember. Yeah, like I I am uh yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it looks good. I mean it is good, but the trailer also should pull you in. <laughs> yeah, it gives it gives me enough to where I'm like, I know I want to see it, but I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> um Another trailer that doesn't quite show you everything, but like definitely gives you a hint, um, is uh the upcoming Dark Sky Films release that hits VOD and vig- digital on December first, and it is Loop Track, a New Zealand psychological thriller. Um, Ian, a man on the verge of a nervous breakdown, disappears from the world and takes a hike in the New Zealand wilderness. His efforts to grow. His efforts to avoid other hikers are futile, and he is drawn into their worlds, but he can never shake the feeling that they are being stalked by someone or something sinister. As Ian's paranoia grows, the other hikers become wary of him. He's cagey about his past, he never sleeps, and his anxiety leads him to make concerning claims. Far from society, Ian starts to question his own sanity before plunging into a bloody battle for survival. Um, Written and directed by... um, Thomas Sainsbury, um, I think American audiences might know him best as Constable Parker from Wellington Paranormal, uh, where he also plays a, a twitchy kind of weird dude. Uh, 
So yeah, I was watching it. I was like, hey, I know who that is. Um, yeah. I I was excited. I was expecting like with the title like this, I was expecting something more weirdly um uh, like loopy, but yeah. Or like a time loop. But I think that's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That came out last year. Yeah, this looks interesting. Um, you know, relating back to Godzilla, there is kind of a reptile foot you see at some point. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we don't know from the trailer if that's really happening or if that's imagined in this guy's head. But interesting that it's a creature feature, even though it's referred to as a psychological thriller. If there's a reptile foot, that's a creature to me. Maybe it could be both. It could be both. That would be fun. All right. Now it's time for Christmas Corner. Oh, so many cross Christmas. We we had a little blip of Christmas movies announced, and we're going to start with A Creature with Stirring, which uh, stars Scout Taylor Compton. So it's got, you know, a big name horror in there. This is going to be in theaters December 8th, VOD December 12th. And the premise A Creature with Stirring follows the overprotective mother and professional nurse Faith, who keeps her teenage daughter locked securely in her room and subject to constant methadone injections, their only means of sustaining a delicately balanced fever state that keeps a mysterious and terrifying affliction at bay. However, when a pair of strangers breaks into the home while seeking shelter from the Christmas blizzard, they quickly discover that this mother-daughter relationship stretches the limits of both dysfunction and reality, and that the women are hiding a terrible secret, specifically the presence of a malevolent houseguest who won't be content to lurk in the shadows much longer. I did not get any of that from the trailer. Nope. But I'm here for it. Seems yeah. interesting. The trailer looked good. The synopsis is way different, but also sounds good. Yeah. I, yeah. It is a, a movie that I was watching. Like, I was watching the trailer for this and just loved the colors. Mm-hmm. Loved like the stickiness of it all. And what seems like a lot of practical effects and yeah. like sort of, leaning into the fact that it is low budget and making the most out of it which i really think i I, i'm glad that like a lot more movies are just sort of like acknowledging like it's like okay like we're gonna we're we're not gonna try to like dress this up like we're just gonna make it we're gonna make the best we movie we can for with what we have and that Mm -hmm. usually results in something a little bit better um although like like the the you can see it in the image for the trailer. the The nails through the baseball bat seems to be the weapon du jour. Yeah, uh, and everything it to the point where, like at Halloween Spirit this at Spirit Halloween this year, I could I you could buy one, like a fake one, obviously. But I mean, I suppose it's a weapon that many households could easily make. I don't have a baseball bat or nails that long on hand, but some people do. I'm just trying to figure out like how you do that without splitting the baseball bat. Like I'm more impressed with that than the actual end result. (laughs) Let's see the making of the baseball bat montage. Oh, I would actually like to see that. Uh, If you're making a movie, uh, let me, let me see how it happens and how many times like you hit your thumb. I mean, I guess you got to start with pilot holes, right? That's the key to not splitting. Yeah. 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 Which requires but that doesn't, that doesn't seem how you would do it if you're making it in a panic in a yeah. moment of need. Yeah, and like that requires a drill. And like if you're in like a post-apocalyptic situation, like how many people like have a hand cranked drill? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I mean I do, but that's just because my family's weird and my dad's <laughs> like, I have a spare one, you want it? You never know when you, you never need know. it. Uh yeah. 
Speaking of weird Christmas shit, Santa isn't real. Um, coming December 8th on VOD and digital from XYZ Films. Um, the plot is as follows. After suffering a brutal attack on Christmas Eve, a young woman, Nikki, struggles to convince her friends that the assailant was none other than old Chris Kringle. When Santa returns to terrorize the group in the remote cabin the next Christmas, Nikki and her friends must overcome disbelief as they fight to stay alive. Um, somebody got a discount on masks. <laughs> yeah. And white face paint. Also, when you think about it, Santa is terrifying. He can just come into your house. You can't stop him. It's a, you know, if he's there for good, great. If he's not, that's bad. Yeah. Um, uh, written and directed by Zach Locke, who uh, was one of the producers behind the 2019 um, Black Christmas. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, this is coming to Tubi at some point. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can just assume that like that this is no knock against Tubi. It's just like this is where this kind of movie ends up. Yeah. I mean, slight chance it hits like Screenbox or Shutter, but mm, yeah. True. Either way, it's Christmas horror. If it gets to us, we'll watch it. You betcha. And the last one in the Christmas horror rundown: Nightmare on Thirty Fourth Street. Get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is coming to digital on December fifth. All we really know about it is it features a killer Santa, Krampus, and murderous carolers. Also, Not a lot more of masks. Detail. Yes, more masks. <laughs> more creepy, creepy Christmas time mask things. Uh, it's coming from Wild Eye. I don't even know that. I don't I don't know any of the names involved. Directed by James Crow. Stars a bunch of people I've never heard of. But again, it's Christmas horror. We'll check it out. Uh, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the santa in the poster looks very much like the old man in the nursing home in uh silent night deadly night oh like almost exactly so hopefully that's intentional if not i guess cool coincidence yeah um this is a movie that i have no idea what it's about um well i mean i, I do but um yeah it's sean whalen's making a horror comedy it's called crust it's black and white um he directs it he stars in it uh it's got a sock monster um a has-been child actor and only of it owner of a dingy laundromat becomes powerfully vengeful when his collection of lone socks transforms into a murderous monster named crust it's such a strange premise that i had to include it plus i love sean whalen he it for those who don't know, he was Roach in The People Under the Stairs. And every time I see him in anything since then, I'm like, it's Roach. Uh, also, the star of your favorite peanut butter commercial uh, ever. Uh, <laughs> Alan Bo. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's also got Alan Ruck. <laughs> yeah. And Felissa Rose. Yeah. Uh, um, and Ricky Dean Logan. Um, it's amazing. Uh, and it, uh, yeah. It, it looks, looks really strange. Yeah, this looks exactly like the sort of movie I want to, like, maybe watch uh, late at night when I'm kind of tired and just be like, yeah, let's give this a shot and just see how hallucinatory it is. Yeah. Um, Again, I think it's, it's, it's the perfect sort of, like, one location movie. Um, yeah. yeah. With a very weird premise. Super weird. All right. One more ridiculous one to wrap it up. Uh, the movie is literally called 
bad CGI gator. It's from Full Moon. So you know that title's accurate. And that's that's what they've they've got a bad CGI gator doing bad CGI gator stuff. Um, we don't have any release info. The trailer is ridiculous. The poster is ridiculous. The tagline is terror rendered too cheaply. Uh, <laughs> here's the synopsis if you need it, if this information wasn't enough. Six college grads on spring break get a cabin in the swamplands of Georgia. They decide to throw the school laptops in a backyard lake in an act of youthful defiance, which unknowingly turns a lurking alligator into the dreaded and insatiable bad CGI gator. I there was a movie a few years ago um, from like SRS, I think, put it out. That's called Bad CGI Sharks, which I can only assume is like the impet- this is, I think the trailer demonstrates something that I kind of adore about full moon and that is in any one of their movies there is one person who gets it Mm -hmm. and you just you can just see it and you're just like oh like they're they're a good actor but also just like i know exactly what i'm doing i know what we're in i'm just gonna play to that and just nails it and makes it worth watching and you can see it in this trailer there's the guy who just like has like the the vibe you want and is just like yeah fuck it whatever like let's just roll with it yeah i mean you have to get handed that script and know immediately what you're in for anyway so (laughs) might as well really go for it it's like we're gonna shoot this next to a lake that is not a lake that is a very large pond uh (laughs) like down in georgia yeah sure let's like it's gonna be they're gonna be bugs and it's gonna be humid oh and this is gonna suck Mm-hmm. but uh hopefully it'll get me my sag insurance <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wish we had something better to end on but that's it
los tiempos de la fe se terminan rápido. All right, now it's time for our feature presentation. And today we're talking about When Evil Lurks, directed by Demian Rugna. Nick, what's it about? In a remote village, two brothers find a demon-infected man just about to give birth to evil itself. They decide to get rid of the man, but merely succeed in spreading the chaos. Boy, do they. This is a very chaotic movie. Yeah, let's and let's start with don't watch this while eating dinner it's very gross pretty much beginning to end a lot of gross it is um you will you will see bloated diseased bodies you will see Mm -hmm. bisected bodies you will see crushed bodies you will see stabbed bodies you will see chopped bodies there's no mercy that's kind of rudeness style no mercy um my first thought after seeing this and having seen Terrified, which if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It is so scary. But my first thought after these two was, what does Demi and Rugna have against children? What's the problem? And I actually read an interview where somebody asked him essentially that. And his response was, I just don't have much patience for children. And that is clear. I read an interview with him about this specifically, and he was like, oh, God, like, there are so many rules working with kids. He's just like, yeah. you can't have that. You can't put fake blood on them. Like they can't like if they're delivering a monologue, they can't have a gun in their hand while they're delivering it. And it's just like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's not, I don't dislike the children. I just dislike the rules. <laughs> like, I like, I like that. It's like, you want to do this, but like, it's very limiting. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're sensitive to um ch- children, trauma, animal trauma, this might not be the movie for you. That's all. It's just this might not be the director for you. Frankly, he is he is who he is. Um, what I did see, and I I don't think this would create a spoiler situation, but I got to see this at Fantastic Fest. So afterwards, there was a quick interview with Demian, and he he talked about. They asked him, you know, because because he's Argentinian, and we don't know a lot you know, we americans most of us don't know about argentinian folklore so the question was is this based on real argentinian folklore and his answer was it's not he made it up but the premise that he made it up on is real in that there's all these farmlands in argentina and they're using all these pesticides and yeah. herbicides and things like that and people children who work in the fields adults who work in the fields get cancer and this is happening in these villages and so that's kind of what this rotten is they call it this this thing that's possessed in these people is called the rotten and it spreads willy-nilly and it and they keep talking about this rotten is here it's going to ruin our town and when you when you watch the movie with that perspective that makes a lot of sense i one of the things that i really uh appreciate about like the thing the hearing him talk about the movie like gives you all of these sort of really great details but it is a movie that i think succeeds because it is one of my favorite kind of horror films which is daylight horror yeah it is a very very difficult thing to pull off correctly um and and effectively because i mean like you can't hide things in shadows like but Mm -hmm. so much of this movie takes place in 
daylight and he uses it to really great effect to just like highlight how like this brutality can just happen yeah well and what's kind of cool is the first half is in that daylight and that's where you learn like this is unrelentingly brutal they're not pulling any punches and then the, the back portion of it is at night and so you're like more scared because you already know how bad it can get and now you can't see it and it is a movie that and i i a lot of people i think have commented on this like since it, it came out a couple of weeks ago and that is the fact that this is a movie that drops you into things and it feels almost like the like the second movie in a trilogy mm-hmm. but what i appreciate about it is um and in the first half specifically is that you learn that this is a thing everybody knows is going on. It's not your usual possession movie where it's like, oh my God, what's happening? It's more like a, oh my God, this is happening. Yeah, it's like they hear that they have a rotten and they're like, oh, shit, not a rotten. They're just like, Those are hard to get rid of. Yeah, it's like all of these things. And then like um, uh, one of the other things that uh, the director has talked about this movie is that it is also about bureaucracy. And like mm-hmm. the idea that like all of the possession movies that you usually see take place at least in a town or, you know, that has a church or, you know, in a most a lot of them take place in cities. This is one of those that takes place. It is very evil dead where it is out mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And it's just like, how are we going to deal with this? Because like nobody's coming. And like very specifically, like they talk about the fact that they were waiting for a cleaner, like a priest to show up for yeah. a year like that guy uriel that you see like has been in this like in this cabin in in deep in the you know argentinian hinterlands just slowly rotting alive for a year if not longer yeah yeah because that's a year that they called this guy you have to imagine there's some time before where they're like uriel's acting strange before Maybe they notice, then before they admit it, then before they act on it. So yeah, who knows how long this poor guy has been becoming real gross. Yeah, they're like I love like all of the rules it, that that mm-hmm. you're, and I appreciate it like more in the first half. Um, and this, you're gonna hear me say this a lot. Uh, in the first half, it just kind of comes along. In the in the second half, we we get like a little bit of like forced exposition, um, where it's explaining uh, all of the things, um, via um, a former cleaner named Myrta, and it's but like in you just kind of get like these bits and pieces where you just kind of get the idea of how they deal with this and how like how it affects people and that's like the interesting thing it's like some people it's like oh this is our son and then there's um uh, uh damn it ruiz uh who's like more concerned he's like oh man this is gonna like i've got all these goats like what's it gonna do to my goats this is gonna ruin our the my property value essentially we're gonna be able to sell the house the sell land now there's a yeah oh yeah i also like that like they don't explain to you really any of the relations of the character outright, but they put in enough that you're able to figure out like, what's the deal? What's the relationship? How do these people feel about each other? It doesn't hold your hand. And I like that in it. It just trusts you to figure it out or to not care, I guess what their relationships are. And it is like, I, I, uh, it's 
another like layer that this movie is about that it's about the messy relationships and like how things like going back to like what we were discussing earlier about like mistakes you make when you're you know previously can come back to hurt you and it's just like yeah, yeah um pedro um definitely uh was kind of a mess and then like in this like oh i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna save everybody just fucks everything up yeah makes it way worse uh, definitely um, puts in there's things you can't unsee there's a lot of moments in this movie where you're like what the fuck yeah. and then you just keep saying that because things keep happening that make you go what the fuck there are the, things I've never seen a movie do yeah yeah brutality like, uh, I've never seen anyone the path of also shown unflinchingly yeah. in wide shots yeah every time like none of this is like a weird like quick cut or anything it's like oh we're gonna show you something horrible and it's gonna be wide shot like camera hangs on it like we're you you have to watch this happen yep yeah it does not provide you a break it does not turn away yeah you you get to see it all and you get you get little pauses where you get to breathe and then just (gasps) yeah um, the number one thing I've seen online and with the way it was first explained to me is this is a movie where men don't listen to women telling them what's going to happen. Yeah, that's a, like that's if a they good just, point. Like every single problem in this movie could have been avoided if like every dude had just like listened to what a woman told him. Yep. Yep. Starting with Uriel's mother yeah. and instead everyone continually fucks it up. Yeah. Like don't. Like, listen to uh, uh, Uriel's mother. Listen to Ruiz's wife, Jimena. Listen to Sabrina. Listen, <laughs> like, just listen to all of these women. And, like, but nope. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, don't use yeah. a gun. Gotcha. Shotguns. Bringing them. Doing it. You know, maybe, maybe the, because that's the other thing is they, you know, the evil, the rotten, the whatever it is, is inside a specific body but it's also manipulating all the bodies around it which is interesting and at one point like my favorite quote in the movie i'm sure it's everyone's favorite quote once you see it is how it how it manipulates children because evil (laughs) loves children and children love evil (laughs) somebody is somewhere out there there is a t-shirt possibly a tattoo (laughs) yes Probably don't get that tattooed as a as a tattoo. Like that's just a that's a that gets you put on lists. Yeah, for sure. But as a t-shirt, can confirm that's 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 pretty great. And it's also like, you know, it feels kind of true in that you know, just like what we were talking about earlier, how you went to that barn and you were a kid and you were like, this feels bad, but I'm doing it anyway. We all did stuff like that. You, we all like went into something even as a kid, being like feels bad but i'm gonna do it anyway because i because i'm interested in it i'm drawn to it and you are kind of drawn in by things that you know are the wrong thing as a kid um can we talk about like the difference in the two posters (laughs) like the 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 first poster we saw which is is, like this like giant hand coming down and like drawing like tearing a rift versus the poster that is uh what you see uh for everything online (laughs) yeah i i don't think i well now that i look 
I realized that I had seen the first poster, but I had seen it cut off. So I thought that hand was like a tornado. And I was like, there wasn't a tornado in the movie. I don't understand. <laughs> so I don't think I had seen it until I was looking for a graphic today to use for our little podcast thumbnail. And I thought it was a tornado. I was like, no, that doesn't seem accurate. But that is a huge difference. I wonder I wonder what that one's about. The we we talked when the original teaser came out where it was just it was literally just like a section from the movie mm-hmm. um where you uh where you see uh Jaime driving along the road. Um and as much tension as it was in that did not prepare me for what actually ends up happening immediately after that clip (laughs) like when it continues on yeah i'm actually i'm looking at this poster now and that hand has a lot of like kind of symbols or like runes or something on it and i wonder if they didn't change the poster after talk to me came out probably because that hand looks very talk to me that looks very talk to me and also this is the the current poster that you will see like when you go watch it on shutter um uh you wonder what the hell's going on Mm -hmm. um yeah when you get that question answered um you you're not ready for it yeah Um, that's your first what the fuck moment yeah yeah kicking off a steady snowballing stream of what the fucks as the teaser says there's no point in praying yeah like there is don't really bring god into it at all the the cleaners don't seem specifically religious in fact they're using this this is the kind of the one part that i didn't really like about it is they're using this i don't know kind of da vinci looking equipment that's like steampunkish very telescope something or other we never really see it or we never really learn what it you know where how it why i don't know it just seems like a strange contraption i guess we don't need to know because it never works. Yeah. We never get to see it in action. It's like a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's just like a, a, a thing. But I will say on second watch, I realized that the guy in the, at the beginning did have the same tools. I didn't realize it when I was watching it the first time because I didn't pay attention at all to what they found with him because <laughs> it's the first two minutes of the movie and there's a man cut in half. That's all I was paying attention to. <laughs> and the dogs keep trying to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> it is a movie that uh, yeah i love the fact that it leans into possession as being a massive inconvenience yeah. as opposed to like this like really like crisis of religious faith it's it's a really unique take on it mm-hmm. and you know if it's not religious then god can't help then what can help mm-hmm that's it you know nothing apparently it would seem yeah it's a i mean it is a movie that very definitely the first half is i for me at least much stronger than the second half Mm -hmm. i feel like it gets bogged down into like very traditional like it gets very tropey like where you have like the person who's explaining something and then there are rules and you have to do this that and the other thing and there's a ticking clock that you have to abide by and yeah the actual ending of the movie though is just yeah yeah it could either be like a super permanent final devastating depressing ending or we could get a sequel where everything's way fucking worse 
<laughs> yeah, it is whichever way they want to go with it. They they do a really good job of like towards the end. It get there there are some for as unflinchingly brutal as it is, there are some really great subtleties in this film that mm-hmm. when you see it will make you shudder almost as much as watching the the really explicitly horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I can say without spoiling it. Like I really it's want to a, point to it's this. It's hard not to spoil it because there are some scenes in particular that I want to talk about. But if you haven't seen it, I want you to see them unspoiled. Yeah, don't just just go into it knowing that like I went in totally blind aside from the the trailer and like the the one bit we had covered and was <clears throat> had the house to myself and just sat there on the couch just s- repeatedly scaring my cats. <laughs> yeah, I mean for its to me slight faults. This is and I don't I don't want to overhype it if you haven't seen it, but this is like top 2 favorite horror of the year up there with talk to me i think as far as good and genuinely scary um and as far as like i will i was already here for it after terrified and his um his segment in satanic hispanics but i will watch anything demian rugna puts out because he knows how to scare me like many directors don't these days and he knows like like I, I talk to me is a good example. He knows how to make a movie that like pushes you right up to the edge where you're just like, I don't know. Like, do I want to walk away from this? But you're like, but I want to see where this goes. Yeah. And I like, I feel like there are a lot of movies that like legitimately go harder than this in terms yeah. of brutality, but they're, I'm not interested in seeing where the story goes. And so I just tap out after like 20 or 30 minutes. Like, yeah, this is well, and the people in it aren't fodder. Like no one is fodder in it. Everyone, even if you've met them only for a second, you seem to know enough about them to kind of care whether they live or die. Even if you kind of want them to die, because they seem like they're probably the bad guy. (laughs) But, you know, you, you get just enough of everyone to be like, Oh no, what horrible thing? Because this thing plays on your fear so immediately you're like what horrible fear could this person have that is we're gonna see happen it's yeah it's 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 one of it is uh when evil lurks is a movie that comes is a qualified recommendation i think where you have to be like listen it's really good and you should totally see it but just so you know yeah like maybe like take like if you if you need to take anxiety meds, definitely take them before you watch this movie. This is not one we are recommending to your your friends who just wanted to watch some scary movies around Halloween, but otherwise don't. This is not gatekeeping. If you are a horror tourist who we love and you think you can handle it, by all means. But just know that Nick and I have seen a lot of shit, and this one is up there with things that you can't unsee (laughs) listen i'm not gonna say this is like varsity level like brutality but it is at the very least like 5a junior varsity (laughs) like and it's it's not like torture porn right it's not like hostile or something where it's just coming up with creative ways to show us horrible things it 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 is doing that 
but it doesn't feel like that's all we're here for. It's in service. It is strangely enough in service to the story. And definitely yeah. like it is, it, it is a movie where it's, it doesn't even seem like it's trying to top itself. It's just like, well, this is obviously what would happen in this situation. It, everything, it feels strangely like, well, yeah, of course that's going to happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. Every scene is like, what's the worst possible thing that could happen in this scene. That's what we have to do. Cause that's how bad this thing is. Sorry, we have no choice. This is how it has to happen. Yeah, there's uh yeah, if 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 you don't like if you don't like uh like the the only spoilers will be like if you don't like violence against kids and you don't like violence against dogs, like maybe don't watch this movie. Yep. Yeah. Although, you know, if you're a monster like me, you're more bothered by the animal trauma than people trauma even when it's kids. I don't know. It's like I can disconnect myself and know that the kids are actors but somehow the animals still feel real. I don't know what it is. The animal stuff goes super quick. It's the yep. people stuff is far more gory and far more lingering. Oh. Uh, but it's streaming now on Shutter and uh <laughs> if you have Shutter, you should watch it. If you don't have Shutter, do the trial like it's worth yeah. the trial to see this movie because yeah. it, it it's it's gonna be uh it is going to be i think definitely on our top t- of 2023 list and yeah. i think it's gonna i would be, be a shocked lot of other people if it falls out of my top five but there would have to be some really good movies in the next month and a half yeah yeah i i i am and you want to see it before it gets spoiled like for sure we're at the two week mark as we record and by the time like this episode drops, like you're you're pushing the limits of being able to go on line or like subreddits without mm-hmm. it being spoiled for you. Although like people on Reddit have been really good about like just like go see it. Yeah. And hiding spoilers. Yeah. Yes. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. Four enthusiastic thumbs up, I think. Yes. Um, so um it's on shutter now. Uh, what are some other things that people should watch uh, if they find this film intriguing? I picked some other kind of underseen rural horror. So I went with The Dark and the Wicked, <clears throat> which falls into this category of something really fucked up is happening happening in this rural area. And we don't know what it is. We don't know why it is. But it's fucked up. And it's another movie that genuinely scares me. Um, and it's on Shutter, AMC Plus, and Hoopla. And then also The Wind, which is a period piece. It's like a Western, sort of. Um, it's rural pioneer settlers, probably in Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, areas where there's wind. And you learn right off the bat that there's a lot of cases where, like, especially the wives of these settlers kind of go crazy because the wind creates this this constant churning sound and becomes like a demon Um, But of course, this is a horror movie, so we are led to wonder, is it the wind or is there truly a demon? Um, It's really good. I I really loved it. It's on AMC Plus, Tubi, and Canopy. And how about your recommendations? Um, I'm recommending uh, another possession film that uh, does things very differently, I I think. Uh, Fallen from uh, the late 90s, uh, which is on Tubi, and uh, an underrated gem in my opinion it doesn't get like enough credit for the the performances in that especially from denzel washington who doesn't usually do genre fare mm-hmm. uh and another movie about uh rural men making rash decisions that <laughs> have terrible outcomes and that is 
the Lance Henriksen classic Pumpkinhead, um, which is streaming currently on Pluto and Tubi and um, is my mom's favorite horror movie. Wow. All right. <laughs> she, I, I bought her years ago. Uh, she has a Pumpkinhead action figure in her something room. Amazing. Yeah. It's a really good um, villain or creature. Pumpkinhead. Very a good creepy funny. creature. Now it's time for I'll Be Right Back. What do you have coming up on the horizon that's spooky? Um, I'm very... Uh, I had to take a break from watching The Haunting uh, um, from uh, The Fall of the House of Usher because it just got real intense real fast. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I took a break to binge the new season of Big Mouth um, and have also been... Uh, like the day this episode drops is i believe the season finale of goosebumps and i'm very much looking forward to it uh justin long um like for everything like he was in barbarian this year mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is a very weird thing to think of um but yeah he uh like this is the like, key is becoming our, our our horror scream king and um yeah, this this show is really great, and uh, if nothing else, it's great for it's kid friendly enough, and also the needle drops for over the end credits for every episode have me absolutely howling with how on the nose they are. I will just say that the penultimate episode of the season featured uh, "Them Bones" by Alice in Chains, nice. and uh, which literally led to us the next day listening to dirt in the car <laughs> like while we were running errands also how have we not had that in more horror it's perfect i know it's perfect it was horror. It, yeah oh yeah like just that yeah. yeah and that riff oh yeah great uh but yeah that's that's my that's my big to do uh coming up uh what do you got going on i don't have a whole lot um i tell you guys all the time that i'm watching I'm excited for and watching the new season of Dragula. I'm going to tell you guys again, we are currently two episodes have dropped and already to me, it feels like the best season yet. Uh, they've made some changes and updates. The Boulay brothers are actually directing the episodes now, which I think changes the vibe because they know more what they're trying to capture. So you're seeing more detail on the stage shows and the, so far two episodes in the costumes have been un believable so i can't wait to see how the rest go and there is a kansas city drag queen in the competition which is cool it's nice to have a local and then two drag kings which is also cool so so far really good if you if you like a little reality drama with a little bit of fear factor i that's the part i like least when they have to like eat gross stuff or be in a claustrophobic situation i am really just there for the costume creation and the drag show but I'll sit through the other stuff too. And and fun judges. They just had Matthew Lillard on the most recent episode, Ooh. which was fun. And on the first episode, Mike Flanagan. 
Oh. And I was like, I would die a thousand deaths to have Mike Flanagan critique an outfit, a horror <laughs> outfit. Like that would be the most amazing. So yeah, if you're if you have Shutter and you're not watching it, you should be because it's fun. I like fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Carnage Report, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage, and we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts. We also have stickers. If you want some, you can email us, DM us on socials, whatever, find us in person. And we will send some to you. And we have a few buttons, too, if you see us or if, you know, you're. I think Nick has some bubble mailers so we can get some buttons out to you as well. All episode featured, all music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. Julie, where can they find you on socials? I am at Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking. Um, yeah, that's I'm on, you know, mostly on Instagram letterboxed twitter attempting blue sky and yeah how about you nick where are you at i am nuthouse punks on x slash twitter slash blue sky i am nick last mouse on instagram and i am from and inspired on the letterboxed Great. Uh, yeah thanks for listening everybody we'll be thanks, back everyone. next yeah we'll be back oh, next yeah. episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror where we talk about thanksgiving directed by eli roth which will interestingly enough come out after Thanksgiving. But listen, holidays are holidays, y'all. Julie, what's it about? After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. All that and more on the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.